Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you Impress No Glue Press On Manny's and Impress Press On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hello, this is Anita Powell and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm I'm going to apologise, I haven't done a podcast in ages. I've got no reason really for it. I know I had a few ups and downs, as you do. So um, within my job, I'm a community worker and I look at menopause partly through my lived experience as a community worker so not only do I talk about menopause from my perspective as an individual I also look at the menopause from people who I've interacted with as part of work and just the whole industry really community work you have to understand about inequalities you have to understand about barriers and you have to understand about mental health so I've been a community worker for many 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 moons and I've just reached a point where within my job I didn't want to do it anymore and I left I was a bit of a a rebel and I've left my old job I'm doing some other stuff at the moment and I'll be working for somebody else so I'm quite busy doing stuff but I just reached a point I thought you know what this isn't doing it for me (laughs) Uh, and life is so short so I know I've left um, my job and I have zero regrets and I suppose really I should have left sooner because certain things didn't just feel right. So I think it's something that I've realised that you get to a stage in your life sometimes and you just need to be true to yourself. So for me, I've left my job. I've got to a stage in my life as well where <laughs> getting dressed in the morning can be dangerous. So a couple of times I've got dressed in the morning and I've ended up <laughs> putting the muscle in my back. Isn't that so sad? So <laughs> So I know I've had a couple of incidences where um, I've need I've need to lift off painkiller and 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 I've got a massage gun so I had to get that out to soothe the pain of um, you know being old. <laughs> but, but there's good stuff too, and I think the good stuff too is understanding. I feel that sometimes no is a complete sentence. I, somebody said that to me some time ago, and now I embrace that concept. I wouldn't have embraced it when I was younger. But yeah, sometimes you just need to say no. And I think, you know, part of me just leaving my job and I'm doing other things now, it's part of me understanding 
but no, <laughs> that's not for me. And this is only one life I've got, so I don't consume my life constantly doing stuff which um, doesn't fit my needs as a person. So that's one of the things I've done recently. But um, in today's podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover a topic which I constantly have discussions on with people I work with. And um, it's something that it's it's kind of frustrating, I'll be honest with you. So as a community worker, as a person who uh, supports menopause and, and supports uh, black women in menopause, as well as all ethnicities in menopause. And also I'm, I'm kind of a working class person who, do, who, who's, who likes being working class. I don't have any issues with it. So I also deal with the topic of classism, which I, I feel affects working you know affects loads of people but for some reason classism is an untrendy word to talk about even though class classism can have a major impact on the quality of health that you receive your potential employment relationships your income um you know your social networks everything but in 2023, we don't talk about class because we feel it's a, it's an irrelevant conversation. And I feel as well as a person of colour who's also working class, that actually one of the barriers to black engagement sometimes is the combination or the intersectionality of class and racism or, or devaluing, you know, people... Who are, who are working classes are can be considered to be a lower person and if you're a person of color then it just adds to the layer the barrier that can um, lead to all kinds of problems when it comes to engagement and interaction and problem solving and seeking solutions and try to optimize and be the best you can and get a job and, and all kinds of things really but um the conversation i'm going to talk about today is one where myself and I've spoken to Nina, who's my uh, who's the founder of Black Women in Menopause, who I'm the co-founder of. The frustration that we have that no one, no one, well, I'm not saying no one, people who are decision makers, people who are in the media, people who are influencers, do not understand that the struggle of black women in the menopause space or even the health space or anywhere is not just about representation. Yeah, so I know we've, we've listened to a couple of interviews over the past few months where representatives with regards to black menopause have just talked about the lack of representation as being an obstacle to menopausal optimum healthcare. And it's not, it's not at all. That's not the. I could quite happily have no TV media black menopause representation if black people or black women got a hundred percent quality healthcare. I don't. I think you can get good healthcare, um, and it's separate to who you see on TV. But you. But very often in the media space, what you do is you see people who actually don't really understand about inequalities health inequalities and um the obstacle 
obstacles around being a person of colour, but they're there to represent a community that they might belong to, but they actually don't understand what's involved with the barriers to success. So what I thought I'd do, just cover a couple of things really in relation to that topic. So representation is important, has importance. I'm going to say it has importance, but when it comes to things like health and things like that, it's not the most important thing, I believe, personally. I think it's, I think when it comes to aspirations, representation is more important. So, say for instance, aspirations around jobs and, and education. So, seeing people that look like you and whatever is really key as part of your own self development and kind of pushing yourself forward and also making decision makers understand that black people are intelligent and that they can do all kinds of jobs and things like that. With regards to health, it's, it has importance, but actually, it's about understanding that we have value. I think that's the most important thing. And breaking down the discriminations that people have. Um, And I think that within the media, we have a tendency to talk about representation without talking about discrimination. And some of the discrimination is around structural discrimination, where organisations or institutions, there there is racism or devaluing within the structural makeup. Yeah, so within the National Health Service, there are inequalities because managers, decision makers do not take into account cultural differences or where decision makers discriminate on quality of output. So it could be that a person who works within the National Health Service who delivers a service to people who need health care, they give certain people better quality healthcare than others. Sometimes the obstacle is a lack of engagement in cultural difference. Now, one of the things I've realised with that topic is that a lot of people feel, well, if you're in this country, why do I have to take into consideration your cultural needs? It should be your job to adjust to the country that you're in. Even though that is, I'm going to say that's a valid point, to a certain point but also that comes from a a community of people that can go across the whole of the world and their Englishness their whiteness is always taken into consideration even if it's not their country so think about how many countries that speak English and we know the historical relationship with um, language, English language and the rest of the world because it's around colonisation and things like that but if you meet a 20 year old person or 30 year old person or 40 year old person they had nothing to do with actually living colonisation um, if they're abroad but they still speak English because the world accommodates the need of Englishness and whiteness um, and that's the reason why very often British people or English people or or people from European countries or America who are white, they don't have to define their colour or ethnicity when they travel around the world because the world has been set up, well, most parts of the world or a large part of the world has been set up to accommodate them culturally. So you can go to all kinds of hospitals abroad and you find a member of staff who speaks English and... 
people don't demonise you if you don't, well, some countries don't demonise you if you don't speak their language. There's a presumption by English people that wherever they go in the world, someone will speak English. Even in industry and business, we have that presumption. And that relates to privilege. That relates to people wanting to take care um, of people who are from England or from Europe and people wanting to um, just just accommodate, communicate, to value um, Englishness, Britishness. I know there's a connection to money and there's a presumption of wealth and if you understand, say, for instance, tourists and you provide for English tourists, then you economically can earn money from an English tourist. But when you're a person of colour or person from a different country, they don't always accommodate who you are. They don't value you. They don't see you necessarily as someone who's going to bring money to them. They don't see you as someone who they need to invest in engagement. And it's very different um, when you're brown, black, or when you're white, and when you're English or European speaking compared to other countries. So that's one of the things that I've discovered. Also, I I sometimes find it quite frustrating that people ignore classism. Now, a high proportion of people who are black um, are would would be considered to be working class. Yeah, and I personally feel within the working space there are communities that do not have access to services or good quality care or resources because they're from the working class community and they're demonised or devalued. And that's including white, brown and black people. So I think this country still has a class system, but we don't really talk about the class system. And we put a lot of effort into presuming middle class or upper classness when in fact we're working class. But it's not spoken about. I sometimes feel that certain spaces, even if they try to do black engagement, if they don't address the classism in that space, then they'll never ever be able to break down barriers that could help greater integration of different ethnicities and and communities. So I I often find that deliverers are middle class and they look down on working class people, no matter what their colour, and they make judgment and and they don't engage with, with the struggle that, that person has because they don't really value all working class. I think also locations of people of colour or people who are suffering with regards to health and wealth very often live in locations which add to their disadvantage. So either it's either poor housing or the area doesn't have good quality schools, high levels of crime. And I think that that has an impact on um, the quality of healthcare, quality of life, potentially what work you can do, your friendships, your relationships, um, access to additional services. So your location, I think, is definitely an obstacle in relation to um, successful outcomes sometimes. Good old discrimination. Some people just devalue people and that can affect the quality of care and support that you receive. You know, good old everyday racism, tokenism as well. 
I mean, tokenism is not really spoken about with regards to disadvantage, but it's it's rife. And especially as I do like community work and I do stuff around menopause, you very often see that tokenism has a negative impact on um, black and brown communities. Now, in case you don't know what tokenism is, it's when they kind of decision makers and the um, influencers they need to show diversity and it's not for really authentic reasons they need to show it i find because they don't pick people uh from those communities that have impact or have relevance to the struggles related to that industry so you very often see like on social media they do things around you know international international um women's month my brain's gone blank you very often see they you know there's a, a panel of women and then you see one black person or one asian person or, or on the social media they show like diverse faces but they don't have conversations which are culturally related or lived experience related to that diverseness and sometimes i find that a real struggle that very often in decision making and in activism spaces which are not driven by black or asian narratives and they're driven by white very often middle class narratives that they they have visual representation but they don't have content representation and sometimes i feel there's an uncomfortableness because when you talk about disadvantage to people of colour who are also female, you have to talk about the conversation of racism. So within the menopause space, you have people there being a token in relation to people of colour, but they don't want that person to talk about racist disadvantage. They don't want to talk about how being a person of colour is disadvantaged is a disadvantage because there are people who are not black or are not Asian who are white will will put you down um, who treat you differently and I find that if you don't have these conversations as part of your um, um, being representation then that person's a token there's no possible potential outcomes relating to that person you're not addressing any issues you don't want to listen to the problems related to ethnicity and diversity and also sometimes incorporating classism and all the other isms that might be affected all you're doing is showing the person of color but you're not discussing what needs to be done to address the inequalities that person may receive and that's tokenism it's ineffective it's not really problem solving it's and sometimes it can show the bias of the person who chooses to tokenize. So very often in the activist space, the person who has picked a person of color to represent other people of color, they have biases and they don't want, I gotta put it, they don't pick people who can actually address the issues. They pick people who they can control, they can manipulate. Um, or they pick people who actually can't talk about the problems of racism. yeah, um, And then they just focus on representation, as if representation is the thing that stops you not getting a pay rise. <laughs> so very often that's a thing that definitely exists within, within activism. And I'm, I find it quite frustrating. 
I mean, this is quite a complicated thing. So when you're a person of colour or you're from different communities or different culture or even different class or whatever, you generally hang out with people that look like you, sound like you, and have and you can have conversations with. That's just normal behaviour. And you do that partly because of feeling safe. If you're in a world or a space where people devalue you because of how you look or sound or where you're from, it feels quite refreshing and good to be around people who do not judge you, who look like you, who relate to your stories, who understand your journey. And that's just natural. Now, the problem with that or segregation it can be considered to be called, is that even though you feel more protected, you feel safer, it's sometimes easier for people who have race issues to make judgment on you. Because they then turn around and say, oh, look, you don't integrate, you don't, you know, you're not learning the culture that you're in. And it's also easier for them to forget about you. So they don't provide services that accommodate you. They don't bring services to you they don't think that you assimilate that you want to be part of the wider community so they then do nothing to make you inclusive into the community they don't understand that being in a space where you feel safe being in a space where you're understood happens to everyone i mean i've, I've been to countries before um a few countries before and you always find english expats who meet in a bar or meet in a shop or who have events together or you know you you find it everywhere you can even find it in new york for english and irish people yeah so expats english people european european people all over the world they go to different countries and they create a mini niche community which relates to the country of origin um, and that's fine because they're europeans and it's acceptable when you're from another country and you're in england that segregation can be used against you even though you do it as part of protection and just feel secure and also a part of being around the community to understand who you are i'm also going to talk about something which I don't mean, I'm going to call it masking. Now, masking exists in many spaces. So masking is the word to use, you use people, people when they go to certain spaces have to mask who they are. So for instance, I'm a dyslexic. So as a dyslexic, I constantly in workspaces and certain spaces have to put so much effort into being understood with regards to writing understandably you know to the point where writing something which would have no impact on somebody else would mentally knacker me now when you're a person of color sometimes in workspaces or social spaces you have to come across as being more english being more white um or just being in a way that you you feel the people there will, will feel comfortable with you being there and sometimes you're masking who you are you don't say certain things you don't talk about certain things you accommodate their conversations you socialize and do things that they want to do not necessarily what you want to do and that masking over a lifetime is tiring such as dealing with everyday passing you know um, racism and, and devaluing statements and having to deal with those things on the long term it's very very tiring it's called revering it's called masking and the long-term impact of it can be your mental health and when you have mental health issues it can affect your health your all-round health it can affect your decision making 
can affect your self-esteem, obviously, um, and just, just your general well-being. And these are some of the things that we need to talk about in activist space when we refer to black menopause or menopause relating to diversity and ethnicity. We need to have that space. We need to have that language. We shouldn't have images of activism which relate to black people without the stories which relate to black people. And that needs to stop, really, because it's not productive. And it's not productive and it's used to weaponize the black conversation around health. It's very, a very much complicated thing and we just need to address it. And I think as well, we need to have more black voices and class. I think we need to have more working class voices in the menopause space. And the reason why I say we need to have more working class voices in the menopause space, in activism, full stop, around activism, there are loads of people who talk about what's needed to address inequalities. And very often, because it's done in writing, or it's, or you have to take that person and take them to to um, Parliament, or they have to talk to people like councillors and MPs and, and mayors and things like that, we use people who are not working class. We use people who are highly articulate, um, who understands the culturalness of being middle class, and we use them to represent the struggles of middle class, of, sorry, of working class and people of colour. The problem is, is that sometimes these people do not understand the struggle. So I sometimes look at the, the people who are going to um, Parliament to talk about menopause or talk about the needs of people of diversity, and I'm not impressed because the things that they say and the things that they don't say because they don't understand the struggle that sometimes I feel that people of colour and people of class or people of different types of diverse communities are not represented by the person who is allowed to influence decision making. And I, I feel that that's quite dangerous. Um, so sometimes change happens because of that person is allowed to influence decision makers, but that person is not equipped with the knowledge and understanding of diverse groups or they don't care i mean very often i've discovered as part of feminism is that there's too many feminists who are racist or classist or they're just they don't care about diversity they only care about the empowerment of middle class women um and they think that that's the most important thing, addressing inequalities around um, um, around feminism and around the female entity or whatever. They don't understand that if you're a woman of colour, if you're a woman um, who's gay, or if you're a woman who's working class, then not only do you have the obstacles of gender, you also have the obstacle of race or disability, etc. And then you have a third obstacle. And the third obstacle is the combination of both. So I know as a woman of colour that some people will not like me because I'm female. Some people will not like me because I'm black. And there are some people who will not like me because I'm a black female. They will have a problem with a black male, but they won't like me because the combination of ethnicity and colour. So not only do I have the obstacles of race and have the obstacles 
obstacle, sorry, of gender, I also have the obstacle of combining both of them together. And I find that the people who make their decisions, the people who represent women as a whole, their lack of understanding of diversity will mean that I will never, ever get the support, services and solutions that I need to address my struggle um, and to address all the inequalities related. And that's it for today, really. I hope you have enjoyed if you can say enjoyed or been enlightened by my references around menopause and my comments and I'm going to try and be a very 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 good person and do more podcasts I've actually got quite a few interviews lined up it's just finding the time however I do appreciate you taking time to listen to my voice and I appreciate you subscribing to the podcast and I just appreciate you as a whole so thank you for giving me your time your energy your ears and I hope that you found it reflective because I do know that I have listeners who are not black who listen to the podcast and I suppose the podcast today was more directed at people who are maybe decision makers and influencers or people who understand that there's diversity that that affects them as a person of color but they're not they don't necessarily understand what the barriers are they have a lived experience but they don't necessarily can't process the lived experience with regards to scenarios or obstacles as a person you know I work in the community sector I have to I have to be quite analytical with regards to the conversations that I have and also sometimes I'm talking to people positions of power and decision makers and I have to articulate that they're barriers you I can't just say oh you're racist they just don't they can't comprehend that and they just dismiss it so I have to be able to articulate the the barriers into scenarios for them to find it easier to understand because I'm not a decision maker I'm just a voice the people who make the, sign, the final decisions on the quality of care for people who look like me or people who sound like me are them and yet sometimes I mean I remember once I was in a meeting with someone and they thought that Africans and Caribbeans came from the same place. They inter- they interchangeably used the language um, or the words. And I said, but do you understand they're from two different continents? And even the Caribbeans historically are, um, connect, you know, historically come from Africa. My ancestors or some Caribbeans, some Caribbeans, their, their ancestors left Africa six to seven or even 800 years ago. I mean, do you understand that? So there are cultural differences between the groups as well as overlap. Um, And um, yeah, so so sometimes having these conversations with people and I look at them and I think, you've got to decide on how much money is spent on what projects will be done as part of engagement with the black community, but you actually don't know what is is the black community. But anyway, I'm going to say bye-bye and I'll speak to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.